Welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Wednesday, and it is the last day of the week that we will be in since this is um, coming up on Easter. It's Easter Holy Week. Yeah, Holy Week. And tomorrow's Monday, Thursday. And then uh, we have Good Friday. And and we have Easter Sunday. So, uh, yeah, Port Saturday just kind of gets left out in the cold, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, like, anyway. Hey. Uh, but, yeah, um, Monday, Thursday um, is tomorrow. Usually a lot of churches will have um monday thursday or holy thursday service and uh you know it, it's kind of like um it's you know people think about good friday a lot but um the period which really starts the passion and the death is monday thursday the arrest and all that that's when a lot of people think that uh that the disciples in jesus celebrated passover because they would usually do it earlier right then uh the people in galilee did it on a different day and so um have you um ever heard uh anyone talk about uh jesus dying on thursday not on friday and that there was a sabbath of sabbaths so there was two sabbaths because it was a holy i have not heard that no yeah i was reading something uh recently and they were saying basically that you know there's a sabbath before uh are you during Passover or whatever, and then it happened to fall on a Friday, so that would lead to another Sabbath being on a Saturday um, because, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, the three the three days, how that was working. And so I read something about that, and I was like, oh, that's very interesting. But well, I didn't know if you've ever heard well, anything the, like well, the Well, here's the way the three days work. So in the Jewish way of counting days, yeah, they count mm-hmm. Friday as a day, Saturday as a day, and Sunday morning as a day. So that would be the third day. So... Uh, and, you know, I tell people all the time when I lead people to Israel that don't get caught up so much on the exact spot and miss the significance of what's behind what happened. You know, because mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, could he have walked right here, you know, oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, st- and it's the same way, even with dates, we know it was a historical event. Listen, this is what makes Easter or or Jesus different from other religious people is the resurrection the the we're going to talk about that next week in fact this week at swat i'm teaching on luke 24 i had the privilege of teaching the women at 10 o'clock today as well as my guys at 6 30 and noon from swat and um and i and it really is when you stop and think of it it is the hinge point for our faith if the resurrection did not happen the cross is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And so as we think about this week, we are messengers of the gospel. We are people that are supposed to take the hope of what we have and share it with others. And unfortunately, 
one sad statistic is that 90% of the people that are um, out there in the evangelical church um, have never shared the gospel with anybody. And then you get people on mainstream media, whether it's Fox or CNN or whoever, and they get guys like Joel Osteen who pervert the gospel with a prosperity gospel. And they're the ones that get on there and give the message. And it's just sad because people today believe that prosperity gospel. They allow that mindset to come in. Jesus never promised us a life without suffering. He never promised us life here on earth without suffering. And um, the garbage, what it is, the garbage of your best life now, that that following Jesus is somehow going to increase your bank account, make you healthy and wealthy and wise, is a perversion of the gospel that the disciples willingly laid their life down for. And um, I hope this Easter this Easter week, that if you're listening, that you will really be conscientious. If you are his, if you are a believer, you will be conscientious to share and steward the hope that you have with others because there are so many out there that desperately need it. They live in a world of darkness. They live in a world literally with no hope because apart from Jesus, there is no hope. And uh, that's the thing that makes the resurrection so important. You know, it's a historical fact. It's not just an ideology for us. It is a historical, provable with evidence fact. And that's what we talk. We're going to talk about at SWAT in the morning at uh, Jumping Jacks and Friday and tomorrow night on Zoom. By the way, if you'd like to join Zoom, you can send me an email at Doug at SWATradio.com. And I'm happy to send that to you. And, and share uh, with you, let you uh, be a part of listening to us and sharing what we're doing. But, yeah, it, it's Easter is interesting because you get all these people that weigh in that sometimes don't necessarily bring a good message. Mm. It's a false gospel. And Paul says people like that pretty much should be cursed to hell. And he says it twice, too. Yeah. So I'd say the Holy Spirit's pretty adamant that he's not real happy when people do that. So, um, yeah. I, uh, You know, it's one thing's funny I shared with the guys this morning, Taylor, is I, I was walking through the grocery store to get stuff for SWAT. And um, the usually there's always magazines and periodicals out there that talk about the historical Jesus or the search for the real Jesus or something was he real. I didn't see anything out there today. Mm. And I don't know if that's just a, a trend now because I, I, I really believe that more and more the Christian faith is being marginalized out of our culture and exercise, just exercised out of our culture. And so much, most people don't even notice. I mean, but I notice that I usually, every time I go through a checkout line, I look and Usually every Easter there's pictures of Jesus in the magazine and they talk about it. Not this year. I didn't see anything about that at all, which is striking. Yeah, you, you know, kind of my thought would be that, yeah, they feel like uh, it's been successfully uh, pushed out of the mainstream and, you know, uh, most people have their doubts. So, oh, we don't need to beat that horse anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, you kind of around this time you see that or you see, 
uh, something about oh, Easter is secretly a pagan, uh, you know, festival or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I think largely it's like, oh, well, um, you know, we've successfully indoctrinated people in our lives and now we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, well, I did see stuff about Will Smith slapping Chris Rocco. There's lots of <laughs> magazines talking about that. Um, you know, one other thing I talk about this week that um, that um, that we miss out sometimes, especially in our culture, that the primary witnesses of the resurrection were women. It's all these people that well, the first ones. Well, they were the primary. The the, the the disciples, other than John, couldn't testify to his death on the cross. They weren't there. Oh, I got you. Mm. The women were the only ones that were at the cross, other than John, that were followers. And the women were the only ones at the tomb. You know where the disciples were? They were locked in a room somewhere. Where's the men? It's kind of like our culture today. Where's <laughs> the men? And, and so the women were... Um, were the primary witnesses, and that's really instructive if you look at that for people who say, well, the Bible just downs women and all this. No, God used these women to be the primary witnesses of his death, death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, if you want to look at it and say, oh, well, that didn't really happen. I mean, if you're writing a fake account, you're at that time, you're not going to use women as your primary no, uh, because their their voice did not have a, the same standing that it does today. So, uh, you know, that kind of, to me, authenticates uh, what was being said there as well. Well, and I don't know if you saw this woman feminist uh, author, Jill Filipovic. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, she said that stay-at-home mothers create worse and more sexist men and come with overwhelmingly negative consequences. And said that the women were less healthy less mentally stable than those who yes. go to work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the culture for you right there. Yeah. Um, it, it, it started off of, oh, you know what? Women, women should be able to work uh, if they want to and quickly move to if you stay at home, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you are less than. Um, and Well, yeah. that's been the narrative for a while, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's been pushing its way. But um, I, I, uh, I just thought of that. about I thought about how Jesus valued women, the woman at the well, you know, in mm-hmm. John chapter four, um, Mary Magdalene, um, he, he just, he was, even when guys wanted to down the women, he, he was saying, Hey, you know, she's, she's showing love to me here, but, uh, it, it's really a good study. Luke 24, if you don't come to SWAT, but you really want a good, there's three questions there. And I'll just give you a little preview. the first question that is asked is, hey, uh, why are you seeking the living among the dead? And then in the road to Emmaus, he says, what were you talking about in relation to me? I mean, he didn't say me, but he said what they were talking about him. He knew what they were talking about. He mm-hmm. said, what were you talking about? Don't, don't you know the scriptures had to be fulfilled? The third question was the apostles that said, hey, um, why are you troubled? Don't you remember I told you don't be troubled? Believe in God, believe also in me. So those are the three questions we're going to deal with at SWAT in the morning and tomorrow night and, uh, yeah, next week on the air. So So if you would like, you can go to one of the meetings. Um, Check out online www.swatradio.com to find out more, or you could wait till next week and uh, stay tuned. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back.
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the night. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no. That is Casting Crowns with Nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors, Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are finishing up our look at Acts um, chapter 15 this week. Um, We're focusing on the last few verses today, and then we will be done with the chapter. After that, next week, we're going to be talking, uh, taking a break from Acts, but then we'll be back at it again the week after that. Yes. Last yeah, week yeah because next, yeah. next week we're going to talk about what we taught this week at SWAT which is going to be the resurrection, which will be great coming after Easter. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully everybody's getting ready to have a good Easter and, you know, and the sense of being mindful of uh, what happened and the resurrection. It is really, it, it is something that we ought to really pay pay attention to. I think it's the one great time of the year to share our faith right right mm-hmm. and yet people are still reluctant to do that i don't know why we're so reluctant um because we're commanded to <laughs> it's a it's not optional for us why is that maybe we could get calls today why people think they don't share you know i mean when you look at what the disciples went through so we could have it and yet we don't tell people about the hope that's out there. Why do you think we don't? Uh, I think it's a mixture of things. I think uh, definitely one is, you know, a lot of people living under the assumption that uh, everyone uh, is a Christian, kind of feels the way they do, and not realizing that the culture has completely drifted um, uh, from that. I, I think, too, there's, a, there's less of an emphasis on obedience in action uh, coming from the pulpit and a lot more just about, hey, feel this way and you'll be good, you <laughs> yeah. know. And then um, uh, along those same lines, I think a uh, third that, you know, the way that you live your life should be such that uh, it invites questions about why you're different. Um, and then that leads to um, opportunities to share. But uh, I You think- mean almost like 
natural? <laughs> yeah. You mean like um, just an overflow kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. And so I, that's kind of why I think uh, there's a lack of that. Yeah. I, I I think, you know, for a lot of people it is, and we, we, we are going to finish up Acts 15. We will get there. But I, I just think since we're not going to be here tomorrow, to delve into this a little bit is helpful. I think a lot of people don't share simply, I mean, because of fear, fear of failure, fear Mm of um, not doing it right, fear of rejection, a lot of fears. But ultimately, those fears would be suppressed if we had a significant burden for the person we were trying to share with. True? Yeah. Because when, when, if you saw somebody in a building burning and they were trapped, you're not going to sit there and go, man, I'm afraid I might get burned. <laughs> you're going to go try to help them if they're screaming, right? And so I think if if we really had a picture of what eternity was like for people without Jesus, we would be more burdened to share with them if we knew they didn't have Jesus. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, I think of, you know, certain people that I know who, like I said, the way they conduct their business is um, it, it can't be denied that they're a Christian and, and how that invites really questions. People ask why they do this, why they don't do business with people who aren't Christians, that type of thing. Um, and I think that there's also a lack of understanding of what it looks like to be a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, in your job, right? What and, and that being a Christian isn't just, you know, you have this come to Jesus moment. It's an all-encompassing uh, change in your life and of, of your living. And I think if you're not looking at it as a, a complete and total transformation, you're less likely to talk about it, right? Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't touch every aspect of your life, well, you know, it's just, oh, it's this thing that I did, you know, this prayer that I prayed, now I go to church on Sunday type thing, mm-hmm. uh, instead of offering, no, this is a completely radical, you know, uh, in the world's eyes, different way of living, and I want you to know about it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's why. Well, I I, uh, I look forward to sharing next week, and uh, I hope that uh, you'll you'll tune in because uh, it really is it's a, it's a fascinating study of Luke twenty four three stories three questions and really the response to each one has to deal with the word of God. I mean, really the the exhortation and 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 encouragement from Jesus in all three cases from God is the word. You got to trust the word, and that and and what's so hard about that, Taylor, is ninety percent of the men in church read the Bible less than an hour a year. I mean, so how can you trust the word if you don't know the word? Mm. You just can't. And so uh, this was a great time of year to kind of. Listen, if you're out there and you're skeptical or you maybe you're just not really sure, look at the evidence for the resurrection. Really delve into it. Do you know, if you go back through history, there have been some great legal minds who've set out to disprove the resurrection and end up becoming converted in the process because the evidence is overwhelming. And so uh, you, you, you're really not asked to commit intellectual suicide to believe in the resurrection. I mean, we should investigate it. We should look at it. But the evidence is pretty overwhelming when you look at the scriptures. And so 
uh, I thank God he gave us four accounts mm-hmm. of it. And, uh, and then even Paul weighed in on it. Um, so, uh, I'm very grateful for what we have. And, and so I, I really encourage you to, uh, to try to come. If you're a guy, if you're living in Jacksonville to come tomorrow, if you're outside of Jacksonville and you want to zoom it, you just send me an email, Doug at SWAT radio.com. And I'm happy to, uh, to, uh, to include you with a link. So, um, anyway, I got flashbacks of childhood when you said zoom it. <laughs> did you, there's a kid show at Zoom. Come on in, Zoom. Come on in. Did you? Did your kids ever watch that? Um, I don't remember that. For some I, reason, when you said that, it, yeah, it made it. me think of that that show when I was a kid. That's funny. <laughs> but I, 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 I didn't know what that one was. I've never heard of that, man. <laughs> well, uh, this week we've been in Acts chapter 15, and we've been looking specifically at this issue that divided Paul and Barnabas, and. Um, I just, uh, I, I think, you know, Taylor, before we look at the, pro, we're going to look today at the kind of the, what does this look like in our culture? Um, because you and I aren't being forced or, or somebody's not telling us to go get circumcised. They're mm-hmm. not telling us to go keep the Jewish law. But we are told other things. We're told that if you don't go to this particular church, you're going to go to hell. If you don't get baptized, you're going to go to hell. If you drink that beer, you're going to go to hell. You know, if you um, if you don't do this a certain way, and we add things to the gospel, and and that's wrong. Okay, that we we talked about that. But what about the issues where? They're just philosophical issues of strategy. If we don't go do this type of evangelism or if we don't do this type of discipleship, what does that look like when we have those kind of disagreements and how should we respond? And I'd like to recap kind of what we've been um, looking, you know, what we've been looking at for the last two days. But before I do, I'd like for you to read the text, Acts 15, 36 through 41. It's only six verses. And so if you can um, look at it and read it, then we'll come back and we're going to look at what we covered Monday and Tuesday and then the principle of today. And then uh, we're going to talk about what that looks like in our culture, okay? All right. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. And so Paul and Barnabas had a difference of opinion on bringing John Mark with them. Barnabas wanted to encourage him, and Paul said, no, we can't take a risk on him. The mission's too great. So they literally split up over it. And what we saw is Monday we really focused in on when as being kingdom priests, they're both kingdom priests, when God's kingdom priests disagree that relational encouragers are vulnerable to minimizing the truth for the sake of relationship. Sometimes they elevate relationship over truth. 
And we saw Paul Arnabas do that in Galatians chapter 2. And we really kind of hashed that out on Monday. Yesterday, we looked at Paul and how dogmatic leaders, he's very dogmatic, are sometimes vulnerable to discarding valuable kingdom people for their view of how the mission ought to be accomplished because they have such a drive to be successful and not fail. Ultimately, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark were all reconciled, but at this point they weren't. It was awkward and they split, and we saw yesterday the church commended Paul and Silas to the work of going back to the churches and doing it, and Barnabas and John Mark went to Cyprus. And really the third principle that we didn't get into much yesterday is that different mission strategies and philosophies are not necessarily bad. Diverse people need each other's strengths. And so we saw that in 1 Corinthians 9, 6, Barnabas was commended by Paul as a fellow warrior, a fellow soldier, a fellow worker. He stayed faithful. Even though he did go home, he stayed faithful. We saw in Colossians 4, Paul say, hey, you know, welcome John Mark. In Second Timothy 2, at the end of his life, he said, get Mark and bring him with you. He's useful to ministry. So he welcomed him back. And as we think about ultimately what happens, we don't want to demonize people that have a different ministry strategy or philosophy. It's easy to do sometimes. And the reason is because it gets awkward. It gets ugly, especially if we're not the one in charge. You know, and uh, when we come back, we'll kind of look at that and we'll talk about that. But we're going to look specifically at sometimes we just need to agree to disagree and not get angry, slander or retaliate just because we have a different view. All right. Make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. And all of our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Polkston, Georgia. Excuse me. And finally, I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening online wherever you are in the country or around the world. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed for the good Lord. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through the end of the chapter, chapter 41. Uh, if you missed any of our discussion on this section of Scripture or you missed any of our discussion, really, of Acts or anything else, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the Past Programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one, in just about an hour or so. Again, that is www.swatradio.com. Well, Taylor, here's the thing. 
bottom line is ministry strategy and philosophy uh, disagreements happen all the time. Mm. I mean, I've been in ministry 27 years. I can't tell you the number of times that I've frustrated people and I've been frustrated by people, not over moral sin or abandonment of even church philosophy. It's usually the best way to accomplish a kingdom task, an outreach or or a way to train people or how we should, you know, effectively be carrying forth the vision that Christ had in Scripture. And so people with different uh, approaches and ideologies just clash sometimes, especially when you throw in different personality types. And so just to give you a couple examples, um, in some churches, uh, the ministries of the church itself – the church leadership believes in some places that the children and youth should not be separated from the adults, that basically you don't have like small group time or children's worship or youth separate teaching, age appropriate or, or concentrated. You just get everybody together. They come in the sanctuary. Everybody hears music together and worship God through music and then the word. And the family stay together, and then they go. You got other churches that believe that it's really important to segregate out the children by age, so that they get age appropriate messages that they can grasp and understand. And these are just different philosophies. But if you've been raised in one and not the other, and then you go into ministry, and all of a sudden now you find yourself on staff at a church has this and you're trying to change it saying hey maybe we should do this but you're not in charge then it can get very frustrating and so that's just one example what about the idea of how churches should run like just the the organizational structure of a church or no i thought you meant everyone had to be in shape no 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 but like should they run on a business model Mm -hmm. with like a ceo pastor or should they run on a kind of a what i call a third world or agrarian culture model of a shepherd where the pastor kind of shepherds everybody in his flock i personally think if you look at the Bible, you see much more of a reference to shepherds of the leaders than you do a CEO business model. They had businesses back then. Mm-hmm. But today, I've even heard one very well-known pastor uh, in the southeast of who I won't say, but his initials are AS, <laughs> but uh, say that the shepherd model is no longer viable for people in America. It doesn't work. It's a CEO model. And I just, I, I strongly disagree with that. Now, I I think that um, as gifted as he may be teaching, I would never let him come teach at SWAT because I so strongly disagree with that. Now, I might let him teach on another subject, but not on the church. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, there's a significant presupposition that goes into a statement like that that I think... Uh you could spend a whole hour talking about that, so we won't get into it. But, yeah, that to me, uh, there's an underlying way of thinking that I would, again, like you say, I don't know, that's 
that's incorrect to, to think that way. But but the point is that we have different philosophies. His church that he's under shepherd of may grow. If I'm part of a church and I'm, I'm helping there, it may grow too differently. And, and, you know, that's just, I think the jury is still out on that in America as to whether that's really effective for the growth of the church or not. Uh, I think, I think they're still, they're still developing and, and see, but you know, um, the seeker driven model is another Mm -hmm. philosophy of, of ministry difference where Bill Hybels was one of the modern leaders of that. And, I think the jury's spoken on that one because Bill Hybels repented Mm -hmm. and came out and said that was wrong what we did, the way we've done it. It's Listen, church gathering, the church gathered to be encouraged, instructed, and um, then to go scatter and be Christ out in the world. The Old Testament model was come and see God where? At the temple. The New Testament model was go and be God out in the world. It it wasn't to gather to do an evangelistic service every week. The gathering was for the believers to come together to be encouraged, to celebrate the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him the way he said, and to be instructed, to grow in their knowledge, to be taught all that he's commanded, discipled, and then go as you are going, make disciples by sharing the gospel and, and bringing them into the fold for more further training. What we see a lot, though, in these seeker-driven churches is you go in, it's like a rock concert on Sunday, man. I mean, it's it's really designed to be a display and a presentation more than the church gathering and participation in worship. And more harshly, you could say it's a design for emotional manipulation, right? I mean, uh, well... Yeah, you've got to create the mood, yeah, right? Yeah, right. But, yeah, exactly. It is more to, to put I, on a I, show. I kid you not. We went into one one time, and they go, we built this city. I don't know if oh. you remember that old rock and roll. Uh-huh. We built the city on rock and roll. That's what was playing on a Sunday morning. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. I, I don't know what that has to do with Jesus, but hmm. we're going to wait and see. And it was really just to make people feel comfortable coming in and do we really want our church gathering to so look like the world that the world feels comfortable in there or do we want them to come in and say what's different about these people you know i Mm -hmm. I, so that but that that becomes an area of clash with people over philosophy some saying we don't sacrifice that some saying we do but again bill Bible spoke what about strict views on church membership that's another one if you're going to be part of our church, you got to be at Bible study every Tuesday night. You got to be at church every Sunday. In fact, one church put on their sign out front, member or uh, visitors welcome, members expected. Mm-hmm. You miss three Sundays, you're off the rolls. And so there's a very strict view on church membership. Is that sinful? Is it different? No. Um not necessarily. They just want to have a community of conviction and you may not feel as strong about that conviction on sunday um what about speaking out on moral issues like the election abortion Uh, i I know some pastors that won't say anything about political politically charged issues 
out of trying to be sensitive so they can reach people. You, you said speak out on moral issues. You meant political issues? Both. I call okay. them both. Okay, okay. I, <laughs> well, I mean, I say they're interchangeable. But now they're so intertwined, yeah. yeah, yeah that there's because not, yeah. there are – listen, Tommy Nelson, who's a good friend of mine from Texas, preached a message um, back in the 2016 election called the Continental Divide. He had people leave his church over it. People said it was wrong to do it. And he talked about the morality of voting for Hillary versus voting for Donald Trump. As distasteful as some of the Donald Trump things he did and said were, his policies were more reflective of a pro-life approach to uh, policy, uh, more favorable to Christian values. The Democratic platform of Hillary Clinton was clear. It was pro-abortion, which is pro-death. It was um, pro-homosexuality, pro-lesbianism, pro-transgender. That's what the platform was. And he just said, this is a moral issue. And he talked about the continental divide of our country and how, you know, people of God, when we have a responsibility to participate as good citizens, we have a voice. And it's a stewardship. I mean, think about it. You weren't born over in China and lived there under communist rule or Russia or the Middle East or wherever you might be oppressed. You were born by God's sovereign hand into a free country. And so we have a moral and spiritual responsibility to be good stewards of our freedom, to use it for his glory. I love what Scotty Scheffler said, the golf tournament. He said, I have gifts and talents, and I want to use them for the glory of God. Mine just happened to be golf. And, you know, he didn't make it cheesy. He just was honest. And so uh, speaking out on moral issues, political issues, I think is it, it is an area that causes some friction between people. Is it sinful for you not to want to? You can think it is, but really... It's a strategy issue because this guy may say, well, I'm trying to reach these people and I don't think that's effective where you might go. Yeah, but it's a moral issue. I mean, people, babies are dying and, and I think it, we should be speaking out. So again, the issue itself is not immoral or moral. It's just a different approach to why you do or don't do it. Uh, what about flat screen pastors, Hmm. you know, multi-campus HD, guys one guy being broadcast at 20 campuses um you know i I struggle with that just to be candid because i think there's a special shepherding relationship between a pastor and his sheep in the bible and i you know i want to be able to like if you ask people at some of these churches who their pastor was they would tell you the guy on the screen every week because he's giving them information, not because he knows their life, not because he knows anything about them, just because he's the one spitting out information. That was not the model of elders. The elders knew the sheep. They knew the people. They held them accountable. And it wasn't just about information transfer. So those are just some issues going back and forth. I'd love people to call in if they want to call in. 
All right, so stick with us. Um, we'll be back with more after the break. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41 this week, uh, finishing up our look at that section of Scripture and also finishing up our look at this chapter um, before moving on um, to Acts chapter 16 in uh, two weeks, not next week. Yeah, week that's, that's right. Um, if you would like to call in and join the discussion, you can do that at, or if you have a question, you can do that at one 844 swat that's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight, or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask a s k at swatradio.com. Yeah, you know. So, bottom line is, we need to agree to disagree. Don't get angry, slander, or retaliate against our brothers because or sisters because different mission strategies aren't necessarily bad we just got a diversity of people in the body um was that was that helpful for you to just to hear the the different ways i mean you could probably could add to that anything pop in your mind that you think of maybe some personal experiences where you i mean i think a big one would be like eschatology right like difference between uh, yeah uh pre-mill post-mill a mill that type of thing um uh, which and how that relates to action, the actions of the church, because I think they come with uh, you know very different responses and the, the flavor of the church yeah. uh, looks different because of that. Um, but music was a big one that I was thinking of as well. That's another one where people are not supposed to have drums in church, mm-hmm. not supposed to have electric guitar. Did you ever experience that at all? Uh, you know, never that that was an issue, but I did go to a few different churches that had different uh, 
philosophies on that. Um, so went to uh, when I first started growing up, uh, or when I was first born and growing up when we lived up in Indiana, uh, the church that we went to that my parents had kind of grown up in was had a choir and and a, a robes. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. very much that way. And then uh, just because we moved around so much, kind of got a whole different range of flavors of of churches. Well, I th- I, th- I think that's helpful though to go to different groups. What what what? How did did it? Did your perspective change any as you went through these different churches? Like, did you go? Oh, I, I never thought about that. I when I was younger, um, you know, like teenage and stuff, I thought, oh, the people who just sing hymns are, you know, <laughs> just old people, whatever. And now, as I've gotten older and thought about it more, you know, that that my my position on that has changed, particularly yeah. with uh, yeah. looking at lyrics and stuff like that. So uh, I, I've a much more of an affinity for uh, the hymns and things like that. And part of that might be you know, growing up in those real formative years, uh, listening to them every Sunday. So, yeah, I think um, when you're younger, you kind of like the upbeat mm. or drum beat or the guitar or all that stuff. But as you get older, it's kind of like when you're young, you want to be free, you want to go do everything. Then as you get older, you kind of realize you got responsibilities mm-hmm. and you can't do the the youthful things you wanted to do. Uh, you realize to be responsible means you got to work, you got to pay your bills, and you got to do that stuff. Well, in the church, you, know, you, you start to mature, you start to realize, well, these hymns may not have the same zing musical tune to it. Mm. but it's got much deeper, richer theology in the words yeah. instead of just saying the same words over and over 500 times. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not the, the new music that's, you know, kind of – that doesn't mean it doesn't have, like, music musical heft to it, right? Because at the time it was written, that was, like, kind of what was in vogue. And, and really, to me, is it's it's the theology behind it, right? And that is what's most impactful. I mean, there's – especially growing up when I was younger, like I thought, like I said, thought the, the choir stuff was stodgy, but at the same time, what was going to compel me to sing more uh, was definitely going to be something old, you know, that was staunch and uh, it stirred me more. Well, you know, I just don't even like the words, like, and they're just over and over and they just get in your head like a jingle, right? <laughs> like I could sing of your love forever. You yeah. know, like I don't even like that lyric. What do you mean? I could sing of your. How about I am? I'm going to sing of your love. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just don't even like the lyrics of some of these songs that yeah. just are over and over. And the biggest one I think now. Is, all, now all the people who like this like song are going to write that in. Hey, don't say that. Well, yeah, the one I was thinking of was the uh, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love. Like that is repeated over and over, and it, to me, it sounds a little mushy-gushy. You know, it's. <laughs> But like, you know, a, a mighty fortress is our God, right? Like, ooh, man, that, and you know, part of that probably is being masculine, right? And that hits me different and like, yeah, I, let's sing along to that. Like, I'd rather sing along to the doxology than to... I love the doxology, yeah, yeah. Man, you know? And so, yeah, I guess that was something, though, um, when I was younger and maybe when I was not taking my faith as seriously that mm-hmm. I didn't didn't feel, but as a, as a been more serious about it and, and realizing that, you know, we're commanded to sing and, and that the music, you know, there is an element of, uh, preference, but there is still 
there's still theological heft to what we're doing, and so we should be taking it seriously. As I've kind of grown in that, uh, my views have changed on what the music should be like. Well, and and even a lot of those great hymns, um, there's stories behind the hymn that are so powerful, like um, the song It Is Well With My Soul, Mm -hmm. that hymn. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of my favorite because it's about – you know, when this guy lost his family mm-hmm. and um, he he writes this song to say, you know what, God, it's OK. It's it's OK. Um, I mean, uh, it's it's just really it's OK. It's well with my soul. And when you know that, um, it, it's just a really if you don't know that story, I'm not going to. Uh, um, spoil it, but it's Horatio Spafford, and you want to you want to go read that story. Uh, there, there might be an audio version thing that you can listen. To. When I was a kid, uh, it might, maybe it was focused on the family. Did something to that and uh, had an audio thing. I, I was probably like five or six years old. It still sticks in my mind, and I, yeah. I know that story because of that. So you know, if you got young kids and want to share that with them, maybe look it up because it was impactful. Well, that's a very powerful one. Um, there was, um, there's one. Did, did you ever sing "Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus"? Mm-hmm. That was an old Baptist hymn too. And uh, in Philadelphia, back in the Great Revival of the eighteen hundred, eighteen fifty eight, there were five thousand people that were gathered to hear this guy preach, and um, and he basically pled with them to go. Um, Ye that are men, this is what he said using the old King James language, <laughs> go serve the Lord. And it's and there a thousand people that day said they wanted to become a believer out of five thousand. So twenty percent of the people said, Hey, we want to do this. And a few days later he left his study for a moment. He went out to the barn to check on a mule that he had harnessed to a machine that was shelling corn, you know, because he had this mule go around. And when he patted the mule on his head, the sleeve caught in the cog, and his and his arm got torn up in the cog of mm. the, the the machine. And he um, basically the injury led to complications and an illness. And as he was dying, his father asked him if he had any message for his fellow ministers in the revival that was going on. And he simply said, "Let us all stand up for Jesus." And it was there that that inspired uh, this guy to preach a memorial service for his friend. Mm. And he chose Ephesians 6, say, Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about you with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, you know, in yeah. Ephesians 6. And and he basically took his dying words and said, that Let these words echo as our battle cry. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Doesn't that make you want to just go listen to that song? Yeah, and could you imagine that being really sung in most churches today? That or the Son of God goes forth to war. Like, oh, man, you're not going to find that really in, coming out of most churches. But that I, you know that stirs people's souls still. But, but, but isn't that powerful? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you hear that, and it just I, that makes stand up stand up for jesus i i that was the tune i grew up singing that i had no idea where it spawned out of but to hear the story 
mm. makes you want to sing it even more. And and I just think again, some of the modern repetitious things that just like kumbaya, <laughs> you my lord. I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. But getting back to Acts fifteen, just that kind was of, a bit of a yeah yeah we we, we, we kind of went down a rabbit hole there. But just as a reminder, again, when God's kingdom priests disagree, remember that you're going to have relational encouragers who tend to minimize truth sometimes for the sake of relationship. They just got to be guarded. You're going to have dogmatic leaders that tend to step on people because they so want to succeed with the mission. And you got to be careful not to chew people up. And finally, different mission strategies are not bad. It's okay to have different, different mission strategies. So hopefully that will encourage you this week. I hope you guys have a, a great Easter, and you stand up, stand up for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you doing anything for Easter, going anywhere? Uh, just uh, Lori's out of town. She gets back, and um, mm. we're just going to celebrate it together. Awesome. Um, you know, and so I just uh, I look forward to just – I was supposed to do the Easter outreach we had talked about, but oh, we won't. Yeah. Um, and, the man's uh, coming yeah. for you, huh? Shut yeah. you down. Yeah, I do I do <laughs> want to read this first verse if we got a second. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead, till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. The, the the lack of singing songs like that is probably part of the reason why there's less masculine men in the church. Isn't honestly. that a great yeah. song? It is. Very good. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. That's all the time we have for this week as we will be out the next two days. Uh, we hope you have a, a great Easter. And join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. Tomorrow's John Mazel. And Friday's Jay Warner Wallace, Cold Case Christianity. Both great messages. So make sure, you, make sure you tune in at 3 o'clock. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great Easter. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening